Hi, this is Donna DeCarolis, Dean of Drexel University's Charles D. Close School of Entrepreneurship. Welcome to Starters Review, featuring Nick Baer, founder and CEO of Saxby's. So Nick, what inspired you to start Saxby's? You know, I think it was it was sort of a life journey. I think we're, um, we're very much influenced by our upbringings. And, and my upbringing was, like everybody's, it was a little bit different than, than what's expected. Uh, my parents were young, didn't have an education when they had me, and followed a, a predictable path where they had jobs they didn't love, for bosses that they didn't love, and careers they didn't love, and had long commutes in both directions. And it dawned on me at a pretty early age that you spend more time working than doing anything else. And I didn't want, and with my parents' encouragement, I didn't want to do something that I didn't love. I didn't want to spend the majority of my life doing something that I wasn't proud of and wouldn't make an impact. And so I learned early on that I was, I was entrepreneurial, but I was entrepreneurial probably a little bit less in that I wanted to start a business is that I really wanted to start a culture. I wanted to have something that I could wake up every single day and not know if it was Tuesday or Sunday and know that the work that I did through my business was a culture that people would believe in and support. People would want to spend their money with that company. People would want to work for that company. Not just me being happy with it, but other people being influenced by it as well. Um, so my earliest memories are of that, you know, that I wanted to wake up and, and have sort of the complete opposite approach to my career that my parents had. And therefore, I think my biggest supporters and the business that I've built and the culture that I've built at Taxby's are my parents because they know that I love my job. I love the people that I work with. I believe in what I'm doing and that we're making an impact in, in people's lives. So this is great. So explain to me um, how that influences your interest in the professional development of your staff from baristas to managers, because I know this is important to you and how it's important to your culture. So do you think there's a connection between your upbringing and the way that you treat your employees and your your team at Saxbase? No doubt about it. I mean, my, my first, you know, 18 years, I, I think if you run it up to when I went to college, I sort of got to experience sort of the two opposite sides of, um, of our country. My, my early years, because of my parents' um, situation, you know, we grew up in an area where there were a lot of single, fa- single parent households and there were a lot of have nots where we grew up. And then I was able to go to a, a tremendous high school, a private high school, where there was a lot of haves. You know, people... My parents tell the story all the time that they, the kids that drove cars to the school had were significantly nicer than the car that my parents actually drove. And then I wound up going to an Ivy League school at Cornell. So I had two very different uh, backgrounds. And I knew when I was going to create a business and I was going to create a culture, I wanted it to be one that was inclusive, not something that was going to be exclusive, not that would be very difficult or too expensive and therefore very few people could experience it. I wanted it to be something that was so much bigger than that. And so... When we were creating Saxby's, I wanted it not just to be a company that was going to make someone's life better by giving them the best cup of coffee that they've ever had or the, the freshest fruit smoothie that they've ever had, but one that would be made for them and given to them and that those cafes that they support would be managed by people who came from all different walks of life. So we have people in our leadership development program that we hired out of homeless shelters. We have people that have been hired out of programs like Youth Build. And programs that are um, allowing people that are coming out of incarceration, juvenile incarceration, and coming into the workforce, our company is filled with people like that. And, you know, therefore, you know, we're open to those people, um, very much open to those people. And we've created a training and development program that allows those people not just to have jobs, but to have careers and to be able to flourish in those jobs. They've gone from being hourly uh, team members 
to being salaried team members with health care and health benefits. And they've been able to sort of change the, the trajectory of poverty, poverty and violence that a lot of them have grown up in. And that's what I want. That's the impact that I wanted to make. You know, I haven't been dreaming of single origin Costa Rican coffee since I was three years old. Coffee is the vehicle for us to be able to create a very humane business, which is what Saxby's is. And our training and development program is absolutely integral to that. So education's had a big influence in your life. And I know that you're very committed to working with universities, you know, beyond establishing cafes on campus. So we have a partnership with Drexel, Drexel Saxby's. So tell us about the types of programs and projects that specifically engage students with Saxby's. Yeah. So, you know, as we've grown this business, I originally started Saxby's as a franchise business because I love the idea of partnering with other people. Um, so we've always partnered with franchisees because they're entrepreneurial. We've worked hard to create a system. Franchisees bring their hard work and energy and their commitment to their neighborhood to be able to follow our system and create a great locally acting business. In, in my time uh, working for you at Drexel as, uh, as an adjunct professor. <laughs> so can, time, we, can we say that you're teaching a course at the Close School of, of Entrepreneurship, course, yes. our franchising course, and you're killing it? You, thank you very Students much. Students love you. Thank you for the opportunity. And, and I've, <laughs> I've had the... the Good fortune to be able to teach at my alma mater at Cornell for five years. And Absolutely. You know, the, the thing that I have seen very consistently is we're teaching entrepreneurship in a classroom setting extremely well. How to write a business plan, how to find partners, how to be able to raise money. But the most challenging and difficult part of running a business is actually running a business. As we like to call it in the academic world, it's experiential learning. And that's a hard thing. You can't, you can't, for, you can't make that up. You can't pretend to have a business and say, all right, guys, let's pretend that it's busy. Let's pretend that we're managing money. You have to actually do it. And our business is, I felt like, a perfect business to be able to give a university, especially a cutting-edge, innovative university like Drexel, an opportunity to give their students a real experiential learning opportunity. So April 13th of this year, um, with Donna's support and with John Fry's support and all of the innovative professionals that are running that great university, Drexel took a chance on us where we opened up a Saxby's in the middle of campus it was designed by students. It's still decored by students. And most interestingly, it is exclusively run by students. There are 27, we call employees, team members at Saxby's, 27 team members that is run by, we call them CEOs, essentially CEOs of their cafe, run by an undergraduate co-op student. It is an extremely busy business. And that undergraduate student is responsible for the entire P&L. All hiring, all firing, all training, all development, all marketing, all vendor, and obviously whether the, the cafe makes or loses money. It's an unbelievable opportunity to be able to give young people a chance to really experience entrepreneurship. And that will manifest itself into them hopefully being far better entrepreneurs than I was when I started my business, where I was the king of making mistakes. Or it's going to give them the opportunity to go work for great companies like KYW or Comcast or you know a million other companies and they can go and be entrepreneurial within the organization because that's what every employer wants is entrepreneurial people. So that's something that we're very, very proud of at Saxby's and Drexel gave us that first opportunity and now we're looking to scale that program to give hundreds and thousands of other uh, young people the opportunity to, to experience running a business. Right. As a professor, I know for sure there's nothing like experiential learning. And what you've done at Drexel Saxby's is we've actually thrown these students into this business. Some of them have no experience at all, and right. they're just learning day by day. And I guess that's the best way to learn, especially how to run a business, how to start a company. And you're seeing the, the fruits of that. How are they doing, by the way? I mean, they're, they're doing <laughs> phenomenally well. I mean, I, quite honestly, like I had my times where I'd wake up in cold sweats at two o'clock in the morning before it opened. And I said, what am I doing? We just spent a lot of money to be able to open up this cafe. But 
quite honestly, those, those times where I woke up in the cold sweats were really few and far between. I knew that this was something that could be successful. It was our responsibility to be able to find entrepreneurial students, which at Drexel is not hard to do. It's teaming with entrepreneurial students. And, and we had to make sure that we would interview people to let them know that we're here to support you, but we are going to throw you into the deep end. We've, we've already given you a crash course on, on swimming and all my lifeguards are standing around the pool, but you are going to swim. This is not make pretend. It's not like, hey, it sounds good for the press. Like they are running their own business. Some days they work 15 hours. Some days on their off day, they get called because someone comes out sick. But guess what? That's what entrepreneurship is. There's no perfect textbook. There's no perfect business plan to follow to make entrepreneurship easy. It's not. It's extremely hard, but it's also the most rewarding professional thing that I've ever been able to do and most other entrepreneurs have been able to do. Right. You're teaching them professional autonomy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us, what's the best thing about being in Philadelphia and starting things in Philadelphia? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a Philadelphian by birth, although um, I sort of am starting to feel like I am. Like th this is really much, very much my, my home um, and I'm raising my family here and I've laid a lot of roots here and I, and I try to be very civically oriented to the city. Um, I would say that one of the great things, and there's a myriad of things that are amazing about Philadelphia, but I think that one of the really is that this city really lacks, um, this, city, this city really has a tremendous amount of humility. Um, people here are without pretension. Um, they're very real. Um, they're very open. They're very tra uh, transparent and candid. And I think that's a really beautiful thing because if you come into the city and you want to do good for other people, it's very easy to meet people. I was a new person to Philadelphia and I got to meet the founding dean of the Close School of Entrepreneurship. I got to meet the president of Drexel. I got to meet Mayor Nutter. I've gotten to meet, meet Mayor Kenny. I mean, if you do good things and you want to make an impact in the city, because we completely lack pretension in the city, it's very easy to meet people and for people to you know, sort of get on your bandwagon and help you do good things collectively. I really love that. You know, I, I moved here from Atlanta, which is a much smaller city but feels so much larger. It's so much more disjointed. If you're in this industry, you sort of stay within that industry. If you're within this particular area, you stay within that particular area. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia has such a, such a better binding um, nature to it. So I really love that about the city. And, and maybe it's the density, maybe it's the Quaker roots. I'm not sure what it actually is, but um, if this city were a stock, I would buy every single <laughs> possible uh, share of it I could because I think that as great as it is right now, you know, being called one of the greatest places in the world to visit by the New York Times and, you know, the Lonely Planet, just naming it the best place in America to visit. We're getting all this amazing number press, three shopping destination in the world. Shopping <laughs> destination. There's a, there's a lot of amazing right. destinations we have here. One of the best places to start an entrepreneurial or tech business. I still think our future is even brighter than, than our current, as, as great as our, our current is. So I love what we're doing in Philadelphia. And one of the reasons for that is that we embrace entrepreneurship here and not just tech entrepreneurship. Steven Starr was an entrepreneur who started his business here. Um, the next generation Steven Starr, someone like Justin Rosenberg at Honeygrow, hopefully Austin Saxby's, you know, we really embrace entrepreneurship and we have a, a mentality of rooting for the underdog. And I think that's very much an entrepreneurial spirit that I love so much about Philadelphia. That's great. That's great. Can you describe, uh, share a desperate moment in your professional career and how you overcame that? Yeah, I mean, look, there, there have been many, um, and I could probably keep us here for the next probably two weeks sharing them. Um, one in particular, and I remember it for, for a multitude of reasons. I started Saxby's because I didn't have the benefit of having a, a close school of entrepreneurship <laughs> education um, without a business plan. I didn't raise money. 
Um, so what I did instead was emptied my savings account and ran on my credit card. That's how I started Zaxby's. It was a different day and age. Um, and, you know, I gave myself a you know, year until the money ran out to be able to figure out whether there was a business there. Unfortunately, by the time I figured out that there was a real business, that Saxby's had legs and could be something real, I was out of money. And so I needed to raise money. And I had been talking to um, an angel investor here in the Philadelphia area for a while. And <clears throat> we were unable to uh, come to terms on a deal, primarily because my original partners didn't want to agree to the actual buyout of the deal. And so... I got an email on my birthday. So it was March 28th. Uh, it was back in 2007 where we were in a position where we were pretty much out of cash. We weren't going to be able to make payroll the next week. You know, we weren't going to be able to pay some of the rent on our, on our office. And I got an email after thinking that we were going to get this deal done and, you know, we were going to have our injection of capital. Got an email saying, Nick, unfortunately, I'm going to bow, bow out and I'm not going to be able to, uh, I'm choosing not to invest in your business. It was the, the darkest day of my professional career. And we've had other challenging periods in our career, and we still do. Um, but that was the darkest. And I remember it, too, because it's your birthday. You know, it's almost like a day where you're supposed to, like, be feel healthy. good and, right. and be a little selfish. And it was the complete opposite for me. It was a real, really harrowing moment. And for 12 to 24 hours, I felt like everything that I and all the other people that were working in Saxby's and invested their you know, effort and capital into the business, it was going to be for naught. Um, so it was a very, very dark day. But... Like my advice that I give to all entrepreneurs, you've got to have a grittiness and a determination that never turns off. And so I felt sorry for myself for a short period of time. And then my grittiness kicked back in and I said, I'm not going to let it end like this. And oh. I went back to work and I actually ultimately got that deal to come back around, get done. And it precipitated in not only my first investment, but it precipitated in our need to move to Philadelphia, which is where that investor was based. So I got two things out of it. Okay. An investment that we needed to be able to keep the business going, but far more importantly, the precipita you know, the precipitation of moving the business to Philadelphia, which has been such a game changer for us. Where do you think that grittiness came from? Um, I think it came from, um, not to sound like cliche, but I think that a bit of it is what you're born with, but a lot of it is learned. Um, you know, I learned it growing up. Like we, we weren't, you know, we didn't have things just waiting for us. There was no like proverbial sil silver spoon um, growing up. And so I learned that if you wanted something, you needed to go do something about that. I had jobs very early. You know, I remember I worked in a, a McDonald's and I remember having basketball games when I was 15, 16 years old. Games would end at, you know, nine o'clock at night and I would go to work after that, you know, because that's what my parents taught me. My dad had me, you know, they were teenagers, they didn't have an education. My dad begged his way onto a warehouse floor on the west side of Chicago to sweep floors from midnight to 8 a.m. He didn't feel sorry for himself. That's what he could get. And he was going to use that as a launch pad to, to build a better future. And so that was instilled in me as well. Right. And I grew up playing sports, you know, and, and I grew up playing sports in an area where people were really good athletes. And if you like to feel sorry for yourself or you wanted to take an easy way out, you were never going to get on the, the court or you're never going to get on the field. So I think the combination of my, my upbringing, a little bit of my DNA, my parents are sure. dirty people, I think, by, by right. DNA, right. And, and the fact that I played sports. I think th those three created a combination that, that have been hugely important to me, more, right. even more so probably than, than my education. Um, I think that that level of, of grit and determination has continued to pay dividends for me. You know, and I think that's what we're teaching students with experiential education. We throw them in there and you got to have the grit to get through it. You can't let a little failure or a blip on the screen 
hold you back. You just got to keep trudging through, right? Yeah. The, the only consistent thing from entrepreneur to entrepreneur to entrepreneur is that it, their path to success or cash flow positive, whatever you want to define there, the only consistency between all of those people is that that path is just mired with failure. Mired. It doesn't matter if you're Steve Jobs. It doesn't matter if you're Howard Schultz at Starbucks. It doesn't matter if you're Danny Meyer at Union's Cross Hospitality Group or Nick Bayer at Saxby's. Every one of our paths is mired with those waking up in the middle of the night with cold sweats and feeling like your business is going to crumble or that it's never going to get off the ground. That is the only consistency between entrepreneurial experiences. So that is built in. And if we as educators can continue to give students the opportunity to be able to learn that, I think we're going we're gonna to breed a next generation of entrepreneurs that are far more prepared to be able to launch their businesses than I was when I started mine. Right. That's great. That's great. And I think you've already answered the question, but quickly, what advice would you give people who want to start something? You have to want it more than anything else in your life. You have to have an unwavering support and love and passion for what it is that your business or your technology or your service actually is because your path is going to be just like my path. When I decided I was going to create a coffee company that was going to excel at hospitality, every single person, my parents included, said, you're out of your mind. Why are you doing that? That's a consistent thing across an entrepreneurial experience. And so if you don't love it, if you're not willing to run through the proverbial brick wall for it and be willing to have, you know, a hundred no's for every single yes you hear, you're never going to get your business off the ground. You have to be able to have thick skin. You have to have grittiness and determination. You have to love, love your business. And so like you, Donna, I get pitch business plans all the time. And what I'm constantly, while I'm listening to them pitch me their business, I'm constantly trying to get what their passion and what their hook is. Mm -hmm. If it's purely that, hey, Nick, I think I can make a lot of money on this. This. It's never going to get off the ground because they're going to hear no's. They're going to have doors slammed in their face. And if they're only motivated by money, money is a passing thing. Um, If they don't have a deep level of passion and commitment to what they're doing, they're never going to get that off the ground. Right, right. Well, thank you very much. This has been a great interview. And lots of luck with Saxby's. We love you at Drexel. We're there all the time. The love is mutual. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Donna. Thank you.